This is a Human Collective Podcast. This is episode four. humans this is the human collective podcast with me ross taylor for 30 minutes each episode i'll be chatting to my friends and arguably but most definitely the weirdest industry on planet earth tv and film okay this week i was joined by my friend and filmmaker jamie mcbride jamie was recently working on longtime bbc studio series wanted down under and then COVID happened so since then basically he's been keeping his head screwed on um working on looking after his mind and his body and eagerly anticipating the world getting back to the new normal in a couple of weeks whatever that is um it was great to catch up with jimmy um he's a really hard worker who has actually found a passion for strong characters and positive stories and i think um I think I'd be right in saying that we could use a few of those right now. Um, we talked about his documentary Church, which he made himself, um, and the interesting story within that. And I also want to say, guys, I'll be including the link to all the posts to do with um, this podcast to this documentary. You need to support him. Give it a watch. It's a fantastic wee doc. It's a great little story. And uh, yeah, it's just very light. It's very... Um, it's just very uplifting and positive so yeah digest some of that right now get a bit of positivity in your life and uh, and, and give it a watch um but yes don't worry guys for all of you who reached out after the last episode um i didn't actually have a stroke um it was just the internet enjoy no i video recording oh fuck <laughs> jimmy how's it going man thank you so much for coming on how you doing i'm doing well man thanks for having me yeah this is uh, good stuff it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Um, now, Jimmy, I think um, I sort of start every podcast by just kind of working out how lockdown has sort of been for you. You were working in BBC Studios before before this whole thing sort of went down. Isn't that right? That's right, man. Yeah, we're working on um, Wanted Down Under. It's kind of like a sort of travel property type show. Um, and so we've been working on that for a long, long time, doing all the filming right across the UK, setting up all the episodes and just as we were getting ready to send everybody out to Australia and New Zealand, uh, lockdown hit. So <laughs> we're kind of in this sort of weird state of hiatus, like at the minute. So uh, it's been a bit strange, but, you know, hopefully things are getting back up and running soon enough. So we'll get in and, and finish it, hopefully someday. Mm. And what's, what is the situation with you and like furloughing and things like that? Did you, did you get access to that scheme? I know there was a whole sort of thing with BBC Studios giving it out, but some people still weren't getting that did you get sorted out in the end uh fortunately yes i i got it but i mean it was it was a complicated process you know just because of the way my contract was like i was coming up to a, a natural break anyway and i was coming back in so it took us all a while to figure out what was going to happen because obviously this never happened so i think even bbc we're a bit we don't really know what's going on but yeah thankfully I, i've i've been fortunate you know I, I don't know if everyone has had the same luck as me which is uh tragic really you know but hopefully everyone gets sorted out eventually 
Absolutely, man. Um, and so is, has there been talk about when you, you might be starting production again or are they kind of keeping in communication with you about that? They, they've been great about that, actually, yeah. I've been talking to, to people recently, but, I mean, it's one of those things, like, everyone's still just kind of figuring it out and uh, talking about some other productions that would be up and running and what the filming of that would look like and, and possibility of, like, remote filming and stuff. But, um, I mean, it's good just to hear that people are thinking about it. Uh, so it, it might happen soon enough and i know i just can't wait to, to get back to work in a weird way like you know <laughs> <laughs> i know and it is it is kind of weird because you know it's 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 a it's not going to look like how we've how we've how it's, how it's been done before you know th like little things like getting into that getting into that crew van you know going from site to site if you're ever, if you're on if you're on on location or you know being being in those in those small rooms like you often are sometimes you end up in the tiniest spaces or or even big spaces it's like everything's i mean it's 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 just it's look, gonna look totally different how do you think how do you think it looks from now from now on whenever you whenever you go back and everything's sort of normal so so to speak yeah you know i mean it, it'll be really really interesting like i i would have no idea like the predictions on how it would all work but one thing i'll say like i've watched a, a lot of sort of i don't know remotely filmed documentaries and things like vice have made some really really interesting documentaries that are all sort of filmed interview setups like we're doing now you know they're all zoom and, and archive stuff and it's not great for us you know filming on set types like you know but I think there's creative ways about it and you know um what's that phrase innovation is the necessity of uh, you know people can find ways of of being creative and thinking about different ways of making new things out of this you know so trying to find like the positives and and, and good things that can come out of it like you know mm. i mean as well like what i think it's kind of not too bad for factual tv because at the end of the day if you have a great contributor um, that can be the difference between having something that is completely watchable in, in this day and, and and you can film it properly with all the COVID guidelines. If you have a cracking contributor, that's going to make all the difference when it comes to the filming process for you. And uh, certainly the, some of the best, you know, um, some of the best things that I've watched that have been adapted to the COVID era um, have been ones that have the best uh contributors and things you know like even the tag tiger king were able to do you know a, a whole roundup with all the different characters via zoom call you know and um geez and a show that i absolutely love which is um definitely a guilty pleasure but is complete gold standard to me is uh, below deck and um you know they're able to do reunion shows completely via zoom call i imagine it's probably a bit of a headache for the producer like when you have 14 people you know, coming into a, into a, into a broadcast, you know, by a Zoom call, but like, like all, like th at the end of the day, the best characters. Um, it doesn't matter whether you are literally just with the, the the with a producer with a camera in the room with a contributor, or they're doing a Zoom call. Nowadays, the the better the contributors, especially in the COVID area, um, in factual TV, it might be might be a benefit to us anyway. Absolutely, man. No, totally. I mean, at, at there's there's an element of sort of leveling the playing field as well you know like for so long it's it's been sort of restricted to people in london and things but i think like there's no reason why you can't apply for jobs anywhere now if things are online you know i mean everyone has the same opportunities and, and like you said like that tiger king episode you know anyone could have been involved in, in the making and production of that so it's it's a very weird time and it's kind of um 
it's everyone for a loop, but it's it you know could be exciting as well, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the kind of the 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 whole thing about productions is when you start a production and when you finish a production, there is always going to be a list of problems that need to be solved. That's just the way it's going to be. You always are going to get that. That's that's the way anything that I go into every production is just a list of problems that you need to solve you know um puzzles more 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 to more just to, to, to describe it better problems would imply that i'm completely losing my mind the entire time puzzles will say like a like a game of scrabble or, or a game of chess you know um and uh you know once you solve these puzzles from start to finish then you have your show and at the end of the day i feel that the covid situation it's just just we just have to you know adapt and we're used to adapting you know especially in tv with small budgets we all have to adapt all the time and um i don't think i don't think it's going to be a massive problem for the likes of factual tv i just think for high budgets <coughs> sorry high budget stuff you know you're going to find your issues there because they're used to having so many people all hands on deck all the time um so i feel a bit relieved in a way that we can still you know put out the, the right content um and it shouldn't affect us too much i don't think if we're if we're smart enough about it but like you say yeah it is crazy that like uh, there's jobs that, that are people are talking about jobs from london and everything and and you know you can apply for that and you know it shouldn't affect it too much um with you being here but you can do so much from from your laptop at home anyway um my only problem is and my only concern would be that um as everyone's out of work at the same time everyone wants to find work at the same time and um whether it's remote or not i find it it's 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 just going to be really tough and really 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 competitive if it was ever competitive before it's probably going to be super competitive now no absolutely i, I mean i see on linkedin and things you know series producers with like pages long of credits being like willing to do ap work so yeah oh. no definitely there was a bit of a gold rush like you know everyone's getting back to the jobs but yeah it'll, it'll be strange but i mean it's like like that, that's factual tv like you say you know you you adapt and and there's different things you need to figure out and there's little challenges that you overcome but i'm thinking of like those sort of high-end drama productions and all the films and stuff that i mean i don't, wouldn't know how they would work around that you know you can't film a drama over zoom like you know so i think factual would be the place where the jobs will be um there's just a lot of people out of work at the minute that are also looking for those jobs but see what happens i suppose yeah absolutely we can only wait and see um when do you when do you expect that you'll be back um business as usual working in bbc do you have like a date you reckon that you'll be back um not not a date as much um i'm just kind of hoping that that there'll be some kind of um like like online researcher work in in the next month or two I don't know why, but I just, because furlough, the end date of furlough was always 31st of July. In my mind, I was always thinking like, oh, it'll, it'll be over by then, you know, but it's not looking like it'll be quite as soon as that. But um, it's, it's just, I mean, at the minute, the only thing I can really do is just sort of take it day by day. And I was lucky to find some like online part-time um you know, data uh, checking work for this this random company that, that uh, my mum works for. Um, so it'd been great just to have that to sort of tide me over. Um, but yeah, in terms of TV work, I suppose hopefully it'll, it'll be in the next few weeks, like. 
<laughs> fingers crossed man um you strike me and uh, since like the first time we met which i think i need to backtrack to um the first time i met you um we joked about this before but it was at like a networking event and um you know you were picking my brain about you know getting into tv and things like that because you just finished your degree you got a first in film and stuff and uh you know you were chatting away to me and like I couldn't believe that you weren't already working on TV, but I thought it was class that you were, you know, interested in, you know, how to pursue that and move into the next step in your career, you know, and we headed off, had a great chat, had a few pints, and then all of a sudden, a year later, we met at another networking event, and then you were telling me about how you'd got your first job on TV and everything was going really well, and um, I thought that was really cool. <laughs> Just coming up and annoying people at the pub, being like, oh, I want to work on TV. <laughs> Yeah, it's important though, man. It's really important. And, and, you know, I like to think that, you know, that kind of enthusiasm was one of the things that people sort of latched onto. You know, at the end of the day, I always think that the most important thing is that you know you can get on with that person. And if you hit it off with people and you're interested and respect, you know, how, their position and things. And at the same time, you also are super interested and like a bit like a sponge. You just want to sort of get in there, whatever, whatever way is possible. But that's the best way. And, um, yeah, so anyway, fast forward, you, you, you managed to bash your way in through the door, um, but I sort of got the sense that um, wouldn't have mattered if you were going to work in TV or not. I always felt like, you know, you're always going to be making films, and that seems to be the case with you, because I, I just watched your um, your documentary, Church, um, and I really enjoyed it, man. I thought it was shot, shot beautifully, and um, a lovely little story, really easy to watch, um, and great little contributors as well tell me about making church and uh your thoughts on the process of that oh well i mean thanks so much for for watching it man you know i mean it's it's just really nice when people watch anything that you make in this age of people constantly looking for your attention like you know um no it was it was a great little thing to make like i remember going to film the var nights and in, in the black box and I'm, I'm sure you've been to them and just being obsessed with the idea of making these little short films like you know and uh the, the story kind of just fell into my lap to be honest um it's I, i'm good friends with the people that run the night and they they sort of know that i had done a lot of like nightclub photography and and sort of video content for nights that we had been to in the past and things so they kind of reached out to me like hoping that i could do some kind of like social media content for them and told me a bit about the night and i was just like this is just so bizarre so fascinating you know the idea of making this underground sort of religious themed uh, techno nights or, or dance music night, you know, and calling the church and, and, and pitching the idea of a congregation and, and the people uh, who are playing the music are like leading everybody in sort of worship of like the soulful side of, of dance music, which um, I just couldn't get enough of, you know, and started thinking about it more and more and the parallels of like this idea of a weekly ritual people dress up and they all congregate together and it's like a social thing you know and so yeah like i got carried away and i was just like guys i want to make a, a documentary about this and they're really up for it and and barra doherty and neve cunningham the people that are behind church are are brilliant you know they're they're so on board and so helpful so um yeah got got a couple of my smarter more talented friends on board and and sort of pitched them the idea and and they all uh, liked it and and we're happy to help out and yeah put it all together and it, it I, i'm really happy with how it turned out class man i think there's so many important parts about that doc now um i feel myself 
kind of going inwards and, and looking to music more than ever now and podcasts and audio of all forms now because every time you switch the TV on it's just there's negative news there's so much like heavy stories out, out now on social media there's so much pain and suffering that's been brought into the sort of commercial mainstream um, when it comes to your, you know you flick through your news fleet and there's people fighting there's protests it's, it's everything um, and I think it's nice to not only um you know watch documentaries like that that are just really light and nice stories where people are just trying to make a difference and they're following their passions but at the same time like that connection between people and music um i i was i kept thinking i, I saw an old archive clip of um back whenever like you know teenage kicks was a massive thing during the troubles in belfast and you know the punk scene people were going out and they were just like they were out there because they wanted to just forget about the things that were going on and, and and that sort of cult feeling where people just were all together and this this um they were united in this sort of passion for music and escapism i think in a lot of ways so i feel like there's a lot of connections between that and now and and, and i think that's why it's important to talk about now because um the idea of it being like church is is it is a religion you know and i and now i think people turn people turn to things that give them kind of comfort and relief and 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 music certainly is that i mean now when i'm chilling when i'm out for a run or when i'm when i'm you know playing scrabble with my girlfriend or just relaxing music is on all the time man because sometimes it's good to good to reset and to recalibrate and to kind of um re uh revitalize your sort of your view in the world absolutely no man i i couldn't agree more and and the, the idea of like having those sorts of wholesome content that you can absorb in this troublesome time is is you know i i sort of shied away from it for a long time because i sort of thought making documentaries was inherently sort of very serious and were meant to topic like or take on big topics and things but i just sort of leaned into the idea of, of just making good stories about nice people doing cool things almost like you know and i mean that's the type of thing that i enjoy watching so why not make that and hope other people like watching it too you know class and that is a perfect transition for for some of my shiny segments that were such a success last week jimmy you there's no way you're going to escape them because i'm dying to hear exactly what they are and it's just so fergus has a perfect transition into it guys get ready because this is jimmy's top three lockdown classics that's where the cool screen comes up um and so jimmy this segment is really important to me because i have been leeching off every angle of every netflix every amazon prime every every hulu every hey you every everything so if you could please give me your top three lockdown classics starting with number three right yeah this this is a it's a tough um it's, it's a tough list um before I start i just want to give an honorary shout out to it's not TV or uh, film, but the game The Last of Us Part Two is phenomenal. It's amazing. And I'm not really a big like gamer, but I love the first game, and uh, yeah, I've been playing it pretty much like flat out for the past week or something. So just needed to give a shout out to that. If anybody has played it or is thinking about playing it, look into it because it's very, very dark and serious. But um, you know, in a weird way, it's kind of like a perfect remedy because it's just like post-apocalyptic survival game and uh this makes everything we're going through at the minute seem a lot easier like you know <laughs> but um yeah like i've been uh, i've been re-watching community it's my favorite tv show 
I don't know if you if you're into that. Uh, else, are you? Do you know what people always say to me to watch Community? So thankfully, this is I haven't really seen it. So um, I'll certainly certainly check that out. It's good, dude. There you are. Yeah, I I mean it's brilliant. I think it's like my second time binge watching it, and uh, yeah, like I'm not usually I don't usually rewatch TV shows very much, but make special circumstances. You know, um, Community's brilliant show. It's on Netflix. Um, Number two, I suppose, I watched a great film called Captain Fantastic, which is another one that's been in my uh, my list or on whatever on Netflix, and it's brilliant as well. Viggo Mortensen plays this father who's like off the grid and, uh, you know, living very isolationist lifestyle and bringing up six of his kids and, and homeschooling them. And they're all like complete geniuses. And it's just really, really interesting story about how people get involved and disagree with him about how he's raising his kids and and uh, yeah i won't say too much more but it's a brilliant story um very very nice and wholesome and recommend you check it out um but yeah number one continuing the, the theme of wholesome content in this podcast um won't you be my neighbor is a great documentary on netflix about mr rogers do you know anything about him no no i i didn't really know too much about him i'd seen memes and stuff about him but he's this sort of american um tv show host and he used to have this like kids show where Mr. Rogers Neighborhood and there would just be the most wonderful lessons about trust and growing up and you would talk to kids in a very mature and, and grown up way about things like death and divorce and things and so yeah it's a documentary about his life and all the things he went through and people criticizing him and his anxieties and nervousness which is just it's a really really great film and uh yeah it was very nice it was welling up at a few points during it like you know so yeah definitely check that out epic man there's a good there's three great um great suggestions and uh i'll certainly check them out um fantastic mate i want to add a bonus one actually because i just watched this like um like two days ago and it is um how oh, is it it's eurovision the story of fire saga right and i swear i've seen of it have you seen it I've, I've seen uh, advertised, um, I haven't got Roger yet. Mate, okay, so this is Rachel, Rachel, I think it's Rachel McAdam and Will yeah. Ferrell are the two leads. And it is like a classic Will Ferrell, like Anchorman story arc. It's like, it's, 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 it's perfectly, perfectly done, but man, it is absolutely hilarious. And I'd totally recommend for anyone who wants to laugh. Who wants to see a get their Will Ferrell fix? Um, it is genuinely like as good as I in my mind, it's as good as Anchorman was. Um, I loved it, I thought it was hilarious. It's as good as Blades of Glory. Um, totally give it a watch. It's it's a lit man, it's so good. I'll tell you why it's so good, right? Will Ferrell does this brilliant thing where he like he just zeroes in on an area that you go, Oh my god, that is hilarious. And I, I it's always been hilarious, but nobody's done anything about it, right? I like Anchorman was so funny to me because like 70s news team in America is like of course it's hilarious you know the mustaches the the fashion the like misogyny that's just like rampant there like to just un unpack all that it's just it's absolutely hilarious um so Eurovision has been something that's always been funny like it's always been effortlessly funny we all watch it not because we're like serious singing fans it's because how ridiculous it is you know it's like this high budget all like singing all dancing show that is like just so full on and so like that just lent so well to will ferrell and his his style of humor 
<laughs> what do you say? It makes so much sense. Like, you almost could have predicted a Will Ferrell parody movie about Eurovision, and, you know, it would have made sense, like, you know. But I know exactly what you mean. Like, Eurovision is one of the weirdest, cheesiest things ever, but it just makes me feel so good about being a human being, you know, that <laughs> we all just get together. And it's like the Olympics, but for singing and dancing in the most ridiculous outfit and production value ever, like, you know. So, yeah, you got me convinced i'm going to check out eurovision tonight <laughs> and absolutely i can't get there's quite a few of the the songs in it i just can't get out of my head it's just a few songs in it, like but it's it's absolutely brilliant um so right transitioning into the next smoothly into the next segment this is one that i really enjoyed last week this is weird tv tales okay so in weird tv tales i um I say at the start of every single podcast, it is my belief that TV and film is the weirdest industry that you could possibly work in, okay? So, I would like you to tell me uh, a weird TV tale. Jamie, what's your weird TV tale? Yeah, oh man. I mean, there's there's so many just weird moments. You sort of think about it, it's like, I cannot believe that that happened. Like, it's so surreal, almost like, you know, when you try and explain it to people and it just kind of comes off kind of naturally. Like I was, I was driving Jurgen Klinsmann. If anyone's a big football fan, Jurgen Klinsmann is like a legend, you know, legendary German football player and coach. Um, driving him about one day and um, working on celebs and solitary and with Eddie Hall, who's like the world's strongest man once upon a time, and picking up weights for him and carrying him about after him and all this sort of stuff. But the weirdest moment was one of like my first ever TV jobs. Um, was down in uh, Derry filming this um, Irish language um, country music concert series hosted by Daniel O'Donnell. And so we're all in the hotel after one of the, the, the nights and pinting away, like, you know, and we were watching Eurovision. It all ties back. It all ties back. <laughs> so we're watching Eurovision. We're getting ready to, for Ireland to come on and we're all really excited and had a few drinks and, you know, getting a bit Larry or whatever. And all of a sudden, like, they just turn off all the TVs in, in the lobby. Because one of, like, the lobby cover bands is, is just starting up or something. And we're all pretty annoyed, like, and uh, word gets out that Daniel O'Donnell <laughs> was watching it up in his suite and is going to invite some selected few people up. And I was lucky enough to be one of the few. So went upstairs. This is, like, after a few months of working in TV and me and, like, I don't know, five or six other people watched Eurovision in Daniel O'Dell, Daniel O'Donnell's hotel suite, and I was like two meters from him. And yeah, it was just one of the most surreal experiences of my life. Got a picture and everything with him, like, you know. So yeah, working TV is weird and wonderful at times. <laughs> yeah, so, so such an innocent story, you know, but I'm not gonna lie, you know, I thought there was gonna be a sinister ending to it as well. I, I'm glad there wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, the sweetest man ever he is as, as wonderful as you would ever have thought he could be like you know he's brilliant Ah, <laughs> oh, that's nice oh that's good okay man that's class that's a super weird story that's exactly what i wanted right smoothly transitioning on to the very final segment and that is advice of the day with jimmy um so jimmy um i want people who listen to this podcast to come away with some really good tangible advice that they can take away and they can use uh, if they want to get into the tv or if they want to even even any anything that could in these weird sort of times to help them sort of get through get through the odd thing here and there um have you any resources anything that'll benefit our listeners please tell me 
Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's, it's kind of strange, you know, giving uh, advice or whatever. Like, I mean, I'm not sure if I'm in a position to be sort of acting like a mentor or anything, but just from my experience, I guess, like, like an example with how I, I met you, you know, you someone that's, that's helped out a lot and has provided connections and TV and stuff going up to a bar and tapping you on the shoulder and being like, hello, I'm Jamie. I want to work on TV. So I suppose just, just being very open to experiences and being passionate and enthusiastic about trying to get jobs and, you know, always making sure that, that you're putting your best foot forward and, and being enthusiastic, I suppose, working in TV. I mean, it's, it's, it's such a sociable industry. You know, you spend so much time with people. And like you said earlier, like you want to be around people that, that makes it fun to work with. So I suppose just trying your best to have that sort of attitude will, I mean, it, I, I think it's helped me, um, but that's just the way I want to try and do it anyway, like no matter what, yeah. Amazing, man. And if I could piggyback on that at all, I think like some people sometimes think, okay, I've got to go and tap like the exec on the shoulder and start talking to him. But I think what the important part is, is like when someone says, okay, I want to work with that guy, like we were more or less like, I, like I was only like one position above, you know, because you hadn't come into the industry and I was still finding my feet after just getting a job at the end of the day. Um, you know, in my, my opinion, I think sometimes people appreciate it when you you come up to the person who you would actually work with. Do you know what I mean? Like the execs will never work with you unless you're a fucking producer or an exec yourself. So, you know, making the moves to speak to people who actually will work with you is sometimes the, the smarter move. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, that, that's the person that you're going to be in the trenches with whenever you're finding all of these challenges that you're going through, like, you know, and, and trying to figure out how you're going to get through the day. So it's good to, to have that sort of rapport with people, but it's, it's very easy to make those connections because I think TV and film is such a weird industry that it attracts certain types of people who are very hardworking, but very, you know, affable and, and like to get on with people and, and creative. So I think it's a great industry to work in. And I can't wait until there is an industry to work in sometime soon, hopefully, you know. <laughs> yeah, me both, man. Um, that's all we got time for, Jamie. But look, I just want to say thank you for coming on to the podcast today. Um, and I can't wait to work with you sometime in the future. And uh, peace, man. Thank you for coming on. Yes, man. It's been, it's been great. Fun. Um, talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Human Collective Podcast. Remember, like and subscribe our YouTube channel and follow us on Spotify for all future podcasts. Thank you.